The show you love with even more local, local news. news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a wonderful Wednesday afternoon to you here in California's Central Valley. Mike Douglas with you, your personal concierge for conversation as we get the conversations going here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for being part of the mix. We so much value your voice as we provide the opportunity to be live and local. Again, to talk about those issues that affect us directly right here in the Central Valley of California, ability we have now to discuss them rationally, reasonably, intelligently, and respectfully, and so much appreciate your participation in that process. Well, 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 this is interesting. I uh, saw so this early on today. Uh, uh, the first notice I got uh, was from uh, a reporter from CalMatters, uh, Emily Hoven. Uh, saw her uh, notice on this, and it sounds like it's the straight scoop, so to speak. Our governor, Gavin Newsom, is on vacation in Montana. Well, so what, Mike? Montana Montana's a nice place to be. We have a former sheriff that I believe is uh, enjoying time in Montana. Uh, however, what the significance of this, of our governor being in Montana is uh, Montana is one of the 20-plus states to which uh, California has said, California state employees, you may not travel to these list of states due to their anti-LGBTQ plus and logarithmic function 47 policies. Uh <laughs> And uh, so, anyway, is is Montana on that list? Yes, my friends, it is. Comes right after, alphabetically, Mississippi, and uh, just before North Carolina and North Dakota. So, yeah, so, and you say, well, now, Mike, let's be reasonable. Is he breaking the law? Is he breaking the uh, letter of A.B.? Well, what was it, 1887? What was the name of that? Uh, that Yeah, AB 1887. That was the bill. California legislature determined, quote, that California must take action to avoid supporting or financing discrimination against lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people. Government Code 1139.8 subdivision A subsection 5. So AB 1887 prohibits a state agency, department, board, or commission from requiring any state employees, officers, or members to travel to a state that, and this is after June 26, 2015, this has been in effect for a while, has enacted a law, one, that has the effect of voiding or repealing existing state or local protections against discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. Two, authorizes or requires discrimination against same-sex couples or their families or on the basis of sexual blah, blah, blah. So you can look it up, AB 1887. So you may say, well, Mike, is is the governor violating the, the terms of AB 1887? No, he is not. Because private travel, for example, 
or vacations, which is what the governor is doing. Private travel is not prohibited. So what's the big deal? The big deal to me is it's hypocrisy. Don't you think it's hypocritical for the governor to be at the helm of this effort to say to state employees, you shall not be sent on state business. There are a few minor exceptions. But in general, you may not go to these following states because of their their policies regarding lesbian, gays, bisexuals, transgenders uh, at all. It, it He's violating the spirit of it. The governor of California, the head of the state, is vacationing in a state that he prohibits state employees to go to on business. Don't you think that's hypocritical? Our number here, 209-551-3483. Excuse me. That got got me all choked up. 209-551-3483 is our number. What do you think about that? Let's say you're governor. Boy, wouldn't that be wonderful if one of you were governor of California? I think that would be wonderful. Well, let's say one of you are are the governor of California. And for whatever reason, you back a law that says state employees are not allowed to travel to these other states because of whatever reason. And you support that. And then, but then you go and you visit one of those states on vacation. Does not, does that not spell hypocrisy to you? It, it does to me, but this, to, and, and this is why I, I just time after time after time for you to th- think about the, 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 the mask issue, right? When, what was the name of the French laundry restaurant? Governor Gasman Newsom there is is telling all of us we have to wear masks. We have these draconian, draconian public policies that have locked us up for a while and and have us wearing masks in public places and such. And what is he doing? Uh, he's he's enjoying a party at this very high restaurant, the French Laundry. I've never been there. I probably can't afford to go there. But the point is that he was at probably what he thought was a a private party at a high-end restaurant, and he wasn't uh, wearing a mask. Hypocrisy. And here we go again. It's uh, (laughs) The law is meant for you and me, but obviously not for him. The spirit of the law, anyway. I mean, would, would you... Would you do that as governor if you prohibited state employees to go to other states like Montana? Who who are these states, by the way? Here's a list I have. I I believe this is complete. Uh, (laughs) Look at this list. Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Montana, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and West Virginia. First of all, 
I think this is an idiotic law. The whole spirit of having states' rights, and of course, the woke culture doesn't believe in states' rights. They believe in a uh, authoritative, autocratic federal government. The woke, the woke folk don't see any problem with this. I see a big problem with it. I think that policy is horrible. However, with a supermajority, I don't see it being changed anytime soon in California. Again, what's your take? I don't don't you think that's hypocritical? Our phone number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. Looking for solutions here to these long-term problems that our government in California has created for us. I'll tell you, a problem solver, you want to know a problem solver? I'll give you a problem solver. His name is Dan Phipps. Home prices, they're rising, inventory's low, interest rate hikes, they mean price fluctuations. So selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent, that's the right move to maximize your equity. Would you like to move closer to work think, yeah, I don't know that I can afford it. Well, listen, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or Dan will sell it for free. His home selling program, it's designed to maximize your sales price. I love the terms here. You're in complete control. There's no costly repairs required, no long-term contracts, and you can pick your move date. In fact, Dan could even find you a new home before you move. Michelle in Modesto knows all about it. She was helping her dad sell his home in Modesto. They needed top dollar to help fund his retirement. That's a good daughter, Michelle. That's awesome. Michelle interviewed several agents and found out Dan had the right plan to make only necessary improvements, and he could market the home for top dollar. Michelle says Dan over-delivered on her high expectations, and got her Dan thousands more than their goals. So call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend, and I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours, or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. And the conversation will continue in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion, a minister with manners. Now back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Uh, in addition to, again, I, I can't get over our governor being in uh, Montana after uh, he supports not sending our own state employees there because Montana is such a bad, evil place. But then it's just another hypocritical act by our governor. And again, I would point out, my friends, November 2022 is rapidly approaching so important that we cast our votes. And I believe it's going to be a major tipping point in the future, not just of California, but the future of uh, 
of the nation as well. Speaking of our governor, and we mentioned yesterday, by the way, remember that uh, Gavin Newsom did that commercial that uh, is airing in Florida right now, saying how how evil uh, <clears throat> evil Florida is and uh, how y'all ought to come to California. You know, here's where we have real freedom. Here's here's where you can love, and not not in that evil Florida place. Well, it's obvious to me, pretty obvious, that there's uh, an agenda here. And what's the agenda, Mike? I think Gavin Newsom, and I think many of you probably align with this, I think Gavin Newsom is really seriously looking at a run for president in 2024. Uh, I don't, I am not a prophet. I don't think Joe Biden will be in any condition to run in 2024. And I don't think the uh, Democratic Party is going to get behind him as a candidate either. I don't know that they're going to get by behind Kamala Harris either, other than to shove her out of the way. She has uh, not endeared herself to the country, uh, nor has she endeared herself to her own party. Uh, there was a, a poll conducted, by the way, by uh, San Francisco Gate, SF Gate. That's a uh, uh, news feed. And uh, a poll says, uh, well, actually, the poll was done by Yahoo News and uh, U Government Survey. It was uh, not too long ago, June 24 to 27. Uh, they polled people, did Yahoo News, about a hypothetical 2024 matchup. A couple of them. Uh, they said, uh, what about one between President Joe Biden uh, Vice President Kamala Harris and Governor Gavin Newsom, and uh, against former President Donald Trump and uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on the Republican side. Well, uh, the results of that generally, I'm going to go into detail, but the upshot of it was that Gavin Newsom is emerging out of that poll anyway as a stronger 2024 presidential candidate than Kamala Harris. Does that surprise you? Uh, it does not Does not surprise me. I'm just wondering, though, especially going over this list of, of what, 20, 22 some odd states that uh, he and Rob Bonta and the California legislature have prohibited state employees uh, going to on state business. Well, do you think the people of those states would be in favor of Gavin Newsom as president? What do you think? Do you think that Gavin Newsom is a viable presidential candidate for the Democratic Party in 2024? What are your thoughts? 209-551-3483. I, uh... Oh, <clears throat> did, do, do, we, do we deserve Gavin Newsom as, as a president? I, I, I don't know. I, that I am just hoping that people who think clearly, this, this is no longer in my mind. It's not about partisanship. You can take partisanship and for, as I'm concerned, throw it out the window. It's no longer about a, an R after your name. It's no longer 
about a D after your name. It's about saving the state and saving the country from ruin. And we don't need to rehearse what that means, 8.6% inflation or thereabouts, gas prices, the war on the fossil fuel industry, bending over to the whims and the desires of China, our horrible handling of the exit from Afghanistan, issue after issue, policy after policy, COVID-19, the pandemic being a big one, policy after policy is sending the state and the country into ruin. Uh, that, that, that's no longer opinion. That's, we, we can see it right in front of us. Why are so many people leaving California and going to Florida, going to Idaho, going to Montana, going to Tennessee, going to Texas? Because people have freedom there that we don't have here. Because the government here is so highly in overregulation mode. It's almost impossible to conduct business here. In fact, uh, if, if you look at to the national scene, e- even there, there's pushback now starting uh, to, to rear its head against President Biden. Remember him coming out <clears throat> not too long ago and saying to uh, those who operate uh, gas stations and such, you need to change your prices, lower your prices, and, and do it now. That very arrogant message that he sent. Well, they're starting to push back. Good for them. Good for them. Paul Hardin, is, uh, he is the uh, Texas Food and Fuel Association head, and he says, look, we're, we're just making pennies per gallon. Economically, it makes no sense for the president to come out and say, hey, why don't you lose money on your main product you're selling? I mean, isn't isn't that the message? Uh, Mr. Hardin says that convenience stores, they make their money inside generally. We know that, right? They, they get, there's a small profit margin on the, on the gas. But the money is to be made by selling sodas and candy and hot dogs and all of that inside. And, and really, owners don't control the price of gas, right? It's a commodity. It's traded like stocks before it even makes it to the gas station. And so Paul Hardin is saying, look, we, we just can't cut the price as uh, the profit margin is already just pennies. Not only are they making less margin on fuel right now, but folks are spending so much at the pump that they don't want to go inside, or if they do, they're not spending as much. Isn't that an interesting dynamic? Do we think about that? I, I've, I've thought about that a bit. If, uh, and, and we know that with these uh, convenience stores that uh, sell gas or the gas stations that have convenience stores attached. With gas prices so high, there's a limited amount of reserve income, disposable income, that people can use to, to go in and buy whatever they have for sale in there. Coffee hot dogs, hamburgers, sodas, candy, you name it. If, if, if you're spending all your money outside of the gas pump, there's not going to be much more money left uh, 
to to trade inside, and that and that's a big part of the way they they make money. So he's saying if gas stations lower the price at the pump, they're really going to lose money. It just does not make good business sense to lose money on a product that certainly is needed right now, but not a good business plan. It's not a good business plan. But you see, the, the, the problem that I see is we have many government officials who really have had no experience running their own businesses or their own nonprofits. I've never run a business I've been at the helm of a nonprofit now for 20 years. I feel a, a, a bit of what business owners feel in terms of regulations. Even we have those. We have insurances that drive me up the wall and through the roof at the prices we have to pay for liability insurance. you got to have it. you got to have the workers' comp insurance. You don't, you don't have options not to carry that. And so we're hemmed in. A lot of donated dollars... For any nonprofit, have to go to things we don't want it to go to. We'll talk more about that and other things coming up in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show, on air and online, Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for joining us as we talk about the issues of the day that affect you and me right here in California's Central Valley. Again, uh, apparently, Governor Gavin Newsom is uh, vacationing in uh, Montana from the reports that uh, we have. Uh, Been a lot of pushback on that. And again, uh, may I reiterate, I understand it is not a violation of AB 1887. Uh, It is not because it exempts. uh, One of of the exemptions is state employees that are on vacation, not a problem. But in terms of the spirit of the whole thing, it's very hypocritical in my mind for the governor of California to support not sending state employees to other states because he doesn't like their policies and then go vacation in one of those states himself. It's hypocritical. Absolutely. Uh, Now, the governor's office apparently has responded to a lot of that pushback today. And it comes with a bit of a snarky flavor, I think, here. Uh, This is from Aaron Mellon the governor's communications director, who said today, quote, we are not in the business of regulating where people have family or where they spend their vacation, nor will we persecute them for visiting their family. The press shouldn't either. And you see, this is the typical tactic. This is the typical tactic. Never address the issue. Don't address the real issue. No, 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 no. Don't address the issue. Attack the messenger. Attack the person who's bringing up the issue. That's what we want to do. Attack the person who's bringing up the issue. Uh, every When you see that happening, it means that the person who's bringing up the issue probably has a point 
because when especially the woke culture, the cancel culture, cannot deal with the reality of an issue, they attack the person who brought it up. <clears throat> That's exactly uh, what's, uh, what's happening here. And uh, so anyway, uh, that's the response from uh, the governor's office. Good for them. What do you think? What do you think about this? Do you think it's hypocritical for the governor for the governor to do that? Would you do that? What What does it say about California? Period. All right. Let's uh, find out what you think. Area code two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Again, I am not saying it's a violation of AB eighteen eighty seven. To me, it's just hypocritical. 209-551-3483. Let's find out what you think, and let's go to Nick and Modesto. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Uh, how you doing? Excellent. Uh, my comment is, uh, yeah, my comment is, is that this is really a pattern uh, from the governor. I mean, it's just a pattern of stupidity. Look what he did with uh, the French laundry restaurant during the COVID uh, you know, when, when everything was supposed to be shut down and he's having um, uh, a dinner with uh, a lot of people violating his own rules. So it's just a lot of stupidity. I, I don't get it. It's just, uh, that's just him. It's his, it's his uh, M.O. He does these kinds of things. Um, you know, I think he got in trouble some time ago about wearing a mask, too, uh, when everybody's supposed to have their, their masks on, he was uh, photographed without a mask and a group of people. So, you know, I, I, I'm not saying anything about his policies, but it sure says a lot about his character, I guess. Well, I think that's the issue, uh, Nick. It, it's, a, it's a character issue. And let's say, let's say you're the governor, Nick. Nick for governor, all right? 2024. <laughs> Let's say, Nick, you're the governor and you make a policy that employees of the state are not allowed to go to a couple of other states because of issues that they have. Would, would you go and visit in, in good conscience? Would you go visit one of those states or, or would you say, gee, I, I need to walk my talk here and, and perhaps in terms of integrity, I ought to go somewhere else. What, what would be your choice there? I wouldn't even, it wouldn't even cross my mind, let alone something I would do. I mean, it's, it just wouldn't happen. So I'm, I'm sure that's probably with most people, you know. Uh, uh, but then again, it, it gets all back to that one issue that I bring up all the time, and that is a truth issue. And always follow the truth. And if you're not taking that serious, you end up doing stupid things. And this was a stupid, this was a stupid thing. Absolutely, and and Nick, I so much appreciate your comment there about starting, starting from square one, which is the truth. You know, let let's start with that. Nick, great call. Thank you so much for taking time to call in. Nick from Modesto making some great points there about. Uh, well, it it's yes, it's the hypocrisy, but it's also showing very transparently the character flaws of our governor. There is embedded into all of that an arrogance. Is there not? Don't you think so? There is an arrogance that it, it, and too many times we've seen uh, do what I say, not what I do. 
too many times we've seen that. A uh, very famous person over 2,000 years ago took the Pharisees and the Sadducees of his time to task, telling them that they were hypocrites, a brood of vipers. He said uh, to the people around them, look, these religious leaders you have, yeah, do what they say because that's their office and you should do what they say, but don't do what they do because they don't practice what they preach. Is not that principle still alive today? Is not that principle worth using today as a metric to determine whether men and or women are qualified to be reelected or elected in the first place? Again, my friends, I I believe it is beyond the R or the D or the I after uh, our names in terms of political affiliations or G's or whatever it might be. To me, we we have a raw—and maybe this is a good thing. What do you think? Maybe this is a good thing. Sometimes we learn the best lessons. Sometimes we take action when things are the worst. It's in those valleys— not not in the, the the peaks, the wonderful, joyous times, but it's in the valleys where we're, we're struggling and we're up against it. When the walls are closing in, that's when we that's when we're forced many times to deal with what's true. Nick talk, Nick talked about we need to talk about what's true. We need to identify what's true and go from there. And uh, in, in our woke culture today, there's no such thing as truth, right? Truth is massaged. Uh, truth is nuanced. Truth is halved, which makes it a non-truth at, at its base. Because the, the ends almost always justify the means for the woke culture that we're in. It, 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 think about it. How many lies have you heard from Sacramento? How many lies have you heard from Washington, D.C. repeated over and over and over and over and over again? And the, the, the reason for that is they know if they repeat a lie long enough and if their cohorts in the media mass media will repeat that lie for them that eventually people will become will will come to believe the lie and it's when we think for ourselves when we identify from the get-go what's true and not true that we are protected from falling victim uh, to these uh, to these strategies they have to deceive us and the again, Think about it. How many times have you seen over the past, oh, let's say 18 months, that actions either in California or in Washington, D.C., actions that have underscored the reality of a strategy that holds up the tenet that the ends justify the means. We can do whatever we need to just as long as we accomplish what we want to and we win. Don't you think you see that? 209-551-3483, our number, 209-551-3483, Stanislaus County. Let's go to Brad. Hi, Brad. What's on your mind today? Hi, I was just calling about the governor's uh, vacation 
Now, first of all, I was going to say something last time. I really appreciate your concierge services. I think you do a good job. So thank, thank you, you for local talk show. Thank you. Um, I think once again, whether it goes to the French Laundry or whether it goes to um, going to the Super Bowl and not masking, um, trying to hurt other states by saying, you know, no official business can be done there. It's just proving the fact that he doesn't even really have any convictions that he's going to hold up and and stand on. Um, it's all about convenience and politics. You know, he's trying to make a political statement for his supporters. But, you know, he'll go there and spend his own money there. And I get it. It's his family. And, you know, I understand that. But how strong are your convictions if you really feel you shouldn't spend a penny of, of government money why would you spend a dime of your own brad i love that you talk about convictions and that's something we don't see a lot of today as many of you know uh and and you may as well brad i do a lot of funerals for people that don't have churches or pastors uh, so that's part of my community involvement but anyway uh family after family after family after family what i what I do in that first meeting with him is I want to know the person. Tell me about his or her character. And you learn great things about people, and especially folks coming out of the late 1920s, the 1930s, 1940s, uh, and, and, uh, and the 50s as well. Tremendous character traits, tremendous work ethics, uh, tremendous dedication to honesty and integrity. And Brad, I agree with you. That's that's lacking in a lot of our politicians today. And sadly, a lot of them are from <laughs> some of those some of those generations. But it, it's something that I long for for politicians. Uh, got another comment uh, on that in a in a couple of minutes. Brad, uh, got to run. Uh, give you the last statement here, Brad. Got a couple seconds left. Well, I, I just hope that the public is putting their thinking caps on. Um, he's up for re-election this fall. It would be great to put a little bit of a, a fear of the electorate into our elected officials and uh, maybe put somebody in there other than him. You know, he's got money sitting on the sidelines just waiting to buy votes, and I hope people will see through that um, because if, if he wasn't up for re-election, he would be using that money for what he wants it for, not returning any of it to the people. And even that is just a redistribution of wealth to people that he chooses, not to those who are actually buying the fuel that, that have given him this great sense of money. Brad, thanks so much for your call. Appreciate that very much. And, and Gavin Newsom has a huge war chest. Sounds like Donald Trump. Huge. A huge war chest. And uh, part of that part of that money, by the way, uh, is being used in his uh, gubernatorial war chest to uh, do those advertisements in Florida. Brad, uh, excellent, excellent call. Thank you so much. We'll talk a bit more about that and take more of your calls. 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483, as the Mike Douglas Show continues here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. We've been talking about Governor Gavin Newsom and his uh, vacationing time in Montana, one of those states that uh, he and uh, the Attorney General and AB 1887 from the California legislature say, nope, state employees can't go there on business. It just seems uh, very hypocritical. And uh, a couple of good points from our callers today uh, regarding character and principle. And uh, there's some question, did he take his security team with him? And if he did, are are they when and maybe that's in the uh, maybe that's in the fine print. I'll have to go back and look in uh, in uh, AB 1887, but it really doesn't make any difference. The issue isn't the letter of the law here. The issue is the spirit of the law and the spirit of the law is we don't go to those states. We're not going to send people there because those states are evil. They do evil things with their policies. They're against things that we're for. And yet, that state's good enough for me being the governor, saying I'd be the governor. <laughs> anyway, for uh, the governor to go there and uh, in vacation, it just seems uh, beyond hypocritical. It, it's a character flaw, in my opinion. And a little bit uh, later on, after the top of the hour, I want to talk a bit about some of the uh, new details regarding the, the shooting, the tragic shooting uh, in Highland Park, Illinois, over the uh, weekend on July 4th. Uh, before we get there, I've been following with, uh, it's not amusement, but interest, uh, this whole monkeypox thing. I, uh, the WHO, World Health Organization, they're going to have another emergency meeting as monkeypox cases are highly rising around the world. More than 6,000 cases have been reported in 58 countries, and they're going to decide whether they want to classify it as an outbreak and a global health emergency. Oh, boy, here we go. More Are we going to have more emergency declarations for monkeypox? Well, usually the infection, generally, it's accompanied by flu-like symptoms and skin lesions. I'm sure you've seen them, pictures of them around. Uh, you know, they're very ugly to look at. Don't know if they're painful or not. Uh, about 80% of the reported cases, uh, apparently, um, are in Europe. And it's a viral disease that occurs mostly in Central and Western Africa, and why is it called monkey pie? Have you heard that too? Uh, can't call it monkey pox because that's racist. Oh, please stop. It has uh, the name because it was first identified in laboratory monkeys. Well, and of course, uh, here on this side of things, we are reminded by the uh, California Department of Public Health Apparently, they don't feel it's going to be uh, a big issue here, but they're kind of tap dancing around the way it's transmitted. According to the California Department of Public Health, while monkeypox can infect anyone, many of the recent cases in 2022 have occurred among persons self-identifying as men who have sex with men. Did you know that there's 
initials for that? MSM. Men, is that men having sex with them? Is that what that stands for? MSM? Good. Seriously. So it, while it can affect anyone, many of the recent cases occurred among persons self-identifying as men. Well, does that mean that some of them are women who are self-identifying as men? There's a very unclear statement there. I'm telling you, our state of California, I don't, I just, uh, I don't believe a word coming out of Sacramento anymore. I, uh, I, I always put on my skeptics hat. Transmission. This is from, again, the California Department of Public Health. In case we didn't know, monkeypox can be spread through direct skin-to-skin contact with rash lesions. Sexual intimate contact, including kissing. Living in a house and sharing a bed with someone. Sharing towels or unwashed clothing. Respiratory secretions through prolonged face-to-face interactions. Let me read that again. Is that, is, that, is that called kissing? Respiratory secretions through prolonged face-to-face interactions. And then it says the, the type that mainly happen when living with someone or caring for someone who has monkeypox. This is the state of California, my friends. Don't you think it's time for a regime change? Oh my goodness. I it, it, I I would think it's funny but it's not. It's tragic. But the California Department of Health, Department of Public Health also wants to remind us how you cannot get monkeypox. Mm, monkeypox is not spread through casual conversations. Well, that's good. That means none of us here on the radio are going to have monkeypox from discussing things. Boy, I was worried about that one. Walking by someone with monkeypox like in a grocery store. Whew, boy, that that helps me a lot. Touching items like doorknobs. Good night. We'll be back in 5 minutes here on the Mike Douglas show, Power Talk 1360 KFIB. The show you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome to hour number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV, thank you for joining us this Wednesday afternoon. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we take a look at a lot of the issues that affect you and me directly right here in the Central Valley of California. One of the issues that uh, we've been talking about the past hour is monkeypox and what I feel is just the ridiculous approach to it from the California Department of Public Health. Uh, The World Health Organization is meeting Apparently, about 80% of the cases are in Europe. They're meeting to find out what they need to call this and what they need to do about it. Seems to me that uh, there's a really 
easy way to halt the spread of it. But what do I know? Area code 209-551-3483. That's our number here, 209-551-3483. To Oakdale we go. Kathleen, hi, Kathleen. Welcome to the show today. Uh, Hello there. Um, Now that you mentioned that the uh, monkeypox uh, was first discovered in laboratory monkeys, is that what you said? Uh Uh-huh. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Okay. I believe that uh, monkeypox uh, should actually be called "You Don't Have Freedom Pox" because uh, it makes all the difference when the, the your sanitary methods are in someone else's control, and that your proper hydration is in someone else's control, and that so your water is in someone else's control, that your ketogenic diet is in someone else's control, your your herbs that would be are in someone else's control. Someone else is making that decision, and then your proper fresh air is is in uh, someone else's control. And uh, you know you have to wear a mask or something. And so all of these things um, add up to you don't have freedom when all of these things are in someone else's control, and you don't have freedom pox. And so it's really important for us to uh, pay attention to the Fourth of July and to pay attention to freedom and. Uh, Maintain our freedom and maintain our freedom in these areas. Kathleen, I love it. You don't have freedoms pox. It and I think right. uh, it is not just uh, it's it's not an endemic. It's a pandemic. I I think you're right. You don't have freedom pox. That is uh, that is absolutely wonderful, Kathleen. I thank you for bringing that up to us. I that that's a tremendous observation. I uh, I appreciate that very much, Kathleen. Thanks for the thanks for the call today. I love. Don't you love that? That there's creativity with a lot of truth built into it, Kathleen from Oakdale. Uh, that's 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 one of the calls of the week. I think you don't have freedom pox, or we don't have freedom pox. That uh, <laughs> that can be uh, applied to many things, and Kathleen did a good job of uh, giving us some examples there. I, uh, I, a plus on that call, Kathleen. That, that was uh, very good. Uh, if you have any thoughts regarding that as well, we we don't have freedom pox. I like that. Our number here two zero nine five five one three four eight three. Don't you feel that our our freedoms are being curtailed on a on a regular basis? And I kind of like Kathleen's idea. If, if monkeypox is called monkeypox because it originated by being identified in laboratory monkeys, then, uh, well, as we lose our freedoms, it's you don't have freedom pox. I'm writing that down, Kathleen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep that right in front of me. That's, uh, that, that's a wonderful observation. All right, a couple of uh, updates I'd like to get to regarding the uh, horrible incident that occurred in Highland Park, Illinois. Of course, that, uh, that shooting where uh, seven died. By the way, there was an errant report of eight deaths. Uh, it is seven uh, deaths to this point, and uh, so many injured, I think 30 maybe. Uh, a couple, Just some interesting insights and new developments coming up that I think we need to visit and think about and hold in our memories. I want to go back, if you remember, to last year, Oxford High School outside Detroit, a school shooter there by the name of Ethan. His parents 
were charged with involuntary manslaughter because they gave their then 15-year-old son the gun that was used to allegedly murder four people. You find that interesting? Well, the reason I'm bringing this up is there's uh, more information is coming to the fore about uh, especially our, our new suspect from Highland Park, Illinois, about his, uh, his father. His father, named Bob, sponsored his son's gun permit application in 2019 because he was under 21. Now, he, now the, the suspect, and you said, why don't you name him, Mike? I don't want to give him any more credit than he deserves. I know that sounds trite, but I'm, that's why I'm not uh, saying his name. I don't, you know, the, the protesters and demonstrators say the name, say his name, or say her name. I'm not going to say this guy's name. He doesn't deserve the, you know who he is if you're paying attention. Anyway. He had a history of troubling behavior, to just put it mildly. He had uh, police visits after he threatened to kill his family and a suicide attempt. And yet, his with all of that history, his father sponsored his gun application in 2019 because he happened to be under 21 at the time. Do you think that our new suspect's father ought to be charged with something. 209-551-3483, our number 209-551-3483. Some interesting uh, details from a press conference today. Uh, Interviewed was Deputy Chief Chris Covelli. He's from the Lake County, Illinois Sheriff's Office and the Lake County Major Crimes Task Force. At the press conference, Deputy Chief uh, Covelli uh, was interviewed, and he said the suspect may have had more plans to kill people as he drove away from Highland Park, Illinois, towards Madison, Wisconsin. This is interesting. It appears when he drove to Madison, he was driving around. However, he did see a celebration that was occurring in Madison, uh, and he seriously contemplated using the firearm he had in his vehicle to commit another shooting. Isn't that amazing? Apparently, he had another rifle in the car and and about 60 rounds available and had thought, as he approached Madison, Wisconsin, apparently there was some type of gathering there, thought he would uh, do some more damage. Uh, Again, uh, Deputy Chief Chris Covelli declined to identify a motive at this point. understand that. It's early yet. But he, he provided some interesting insights that the suspect gave investigators. What he told investigators, however, he uh, had some type of affinity towards the number four and seven, and inverse was seven four. Now that inverse uh, seven four, of course, would align with uh, July 4th, the date. Uh, The chief said the significance of uh, the numbers had something to do with the music the suspect listened to. I don't listen to a lot of contemporary music. I have no idea what that... Uh, may refer to, maybe you do, 4747 and the inverse 7474. I don't know. Maybe you do. Give us a call, 209-551-3483. And uh, those of you on the line, hang in there. I'll get to you in just uh, just a moment. The suspect arrived, uh, his arrival in Madison, apparently, 
was random. Uh, wasn't wasn't part of his original plan. We don't have information to suggest he planned on driving to Madison initially to commit another attack. We do believe that he was driving around following the first attack and saw the celebration. Now, this guy bought four weapons in 2020. In 2020, he bought four weapons. Uh, the weapon used in the July 4th attack, a Celtic Sub-200, a Remington 700, a shotgun, in 2021, he purchased a Glock 43X, and that was after his 21st birthday. Well, uh, Deputy Chief Cavelli also confirmed that the rifle used in the Highland Park shooting was dropped somewhere in the area in Highland Park, and reports are that it was possibly wrapped in a, in a red cloth or maybe a blanket. The rifle used in the shooting was recovered on the ground. That's the object that he dropped. We're still looking to speak to the witness who saw him drop an object wrapped in a red blanket or red cloth. All right, we're going to open the phones, 209-551-3483. Your reaction to that, some of the other things we've talked about today. I'm, I'm really interested in uh, your opinion on whether or not this father ought to be charged as well. 209-551-3483. We'll open the phones in three minutes as the Mike Douglas Show continues on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV talking about the uh, tragic Highland Park, Illinois shooting and uh, some interesting interesting facts coming to the fore. Uh, one of them being that his uh, the suspect's own father helped him at uh, age 19 uh, obtain a uh, license for a gun because he was under 21. And I'm just wondering if uh, some charges will be filed against the father and as being complicit in this or not. Our number here, 209-551-3483. Should parents, to some degree, be held responsible for even a, their adult children who commit horrific crimes like this? Are they, should they be held responsible, at least in part? 209-551-3483. Let's go up to Manteca. James, James, welcome to the show today. What's on your mind, James? Yes, hi, Mike. Uh, first off, I agree with everything and anything, anything and everything that you say. My mind could be put in your mind. But I have a question. It's kind of two-part or two-into-one. Um, Ex-policeman like yourself, had you been wandering around and you wouldn't have a, a rifle, you had your pistol, and you saw shots coming, you turned around, saw the guy on the roof, and you shot him and got him, would you have gotten in trouble, say, as opposed to me, a nobody, just... And I, uh, well, see, I had a, a gun, and I was uh, okay to have one, had a permit and all that, and I shot him. Uh, would I go to jail as opposed to, say, you, ex-policeman? Uh, it, well, it, uh, there's not a good yes or no answer there. Let me explore that with you a little bit, uh, James. All right, uh, so it, as a, let me put it this way. My, my police yes, days sir. are long in the rearview mirror, okay, a couple decades ago. Uh, so, uh, I do have a CCW permit. And so if your question is, if I see a shooter on a top of a roof and I have a bead on him 
and I'm looking around, there's no one else that's going to be in between the barrel of my gun and that shooter. Uh, and I shoot him, and uh, I, I either severely wound or kill him. Uh, will I be in trouble? Well, let's define trouble. Uh, will I be hooked up? Probably so. And, and that's just part of the investigation because they don't know the story yet. Uh, I have uh, killed a person. And so I will undoubtedly be hooked up. And in, uh, as they are determining what happened, uh, I will then uh, say, number one, I, I want an attorney. <laughs> you got to do that these days. I will cooperate 100% with law enforcement, uh, being a former law enforcement officer. But I also know what, uh, the, what the stakes are today. And so my first thing is uh, I, I would request an attorney. Uh, would I be ultimately held uh, and charged with a crime? Uh, probably not, James, especially if I, uh, if I have the training and if I have the permit to back it up. Now, let's say, and you use the example, let's say it's you and, and you have a permit yep. and you do it. I think, I, I think you would be treated pretty much in the same way that I would, really. I, I believe that. Okay. Okay. I, yeah, I believe that. I I think you know what would I think what people assume, and and it's going to differ. I think in in state to day, state to state, James, and even county to county. I think what people don't understand is you may be the good guy and you shot the bad guy, but until the police are able to sort out, they don't know the story when they arrive on scene. All they see in this case, for example, is some people on the ground who've been shot. They see uh, someone on a roof who's been shot, and they see either you or me there uh, with a weapon. And so the first thing is we put the weapon down, we put our hands up, and we obey every instruction that we're given, and we inform them that we have a CCW permit and such. It does not inoculate us against being interrogated, though. Go ahead. In that whole group of people just wandering around, walking around, there must have been a policeman just casually just being there, had nothing else to do, and uh, maybe not on duty. And I'm sure they probably have a gun just for protection. Um, and then I, if I was a policeman and I support them all, give them a lot of money, I'd sort of be reluctant to want to do anything because I would think, you know, you're going to get sued. You, the ACLU is going to come in, tear you apart. What were you doing there? Why were you there? Were you looking up at the at the subject at the time? Why, for some reason, sir? Why were you there? And da 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 da. And with this, tear you apart. So it's kind of yes or no. What you do? But then I think with all the shooting he'd be doing, I'd just take a chance to turn around. Even if I had a pistol, uh, I'd, I'd try something. Yeah, James, you bring up a, a very good point, and that is, how do I how am I going to handle? As you talk to a lot of cops off the record these days, <clears throat> when they're on patrol, uh, they will, not life and death situations, but they'll let a lot of things go some be, that they normally would not do because they know they're going to get sued. And they know that their careers could be on the line, their retirements could be on the line, their families could be on the line, their homes could be on the line. However, however... Uh, and I'm, I'm just going to say this, and I'm, I'm just going to say this uh, personally. Uh, as an ex-cop, yes, as a holder of a CCW, I don't care. 
I don't care about the legal ramifications. If people's lives are at risk around me and I have the wherewithal to safely, without injuring other people, stop the suspect from killing other people, I will do that. And the legalities are not on my mind. What? Let, let me turn this around and say this, James, just to, to wrap this up. Yes, sir. If I am worried about the legalities of preventing someone else from killing someone else or killing me or killing my family, if the legalities are the top thing in my mind, I have no business carrying a gun. That's the bottom line. Question. Do you know when police... Do you know one of the questions when when police do shoot and they're cleared and every situation is different? Do the do the does the party or parties try to come back and get a uh, Johnny Cochran type lawyer and try to get ten thousand dollars or one hundred and fifty thousand dollars out of the family? And you never hear about that. Uh, you mean suing the the officer? Is it? Is it... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think that's um, that's part and parcel of it. That's an assumption today. I, I think that. Uh, that is always going to yeah. be part of it. Uh, whether or not the department and the county or the city and the attorneys for the county or these, and that's a big thing, whether the attorneys for the county or the attorneys for the city, the government attorneys, whether they will back up the officer or not depends on the circumstances. So uh, that's a, that's oh, a okay. short answer to your question. James, thanks so much. That's a good, good inquisitive calls there. Thank you very much, James. Good. Uh, some good thoughts. Thanks for bringing it up. Uh, again, I don't, and let, let me just talk about the officers that I served with and the officers that I know today. I don't know a one of them that if someone's life were in danger or a bunch of people's lives were in danger and they had the capacity to save lives that they wouldn't do what they needed to do. I, uh, I don't, maybe there are some out there, but it's part of doing the right thing and knowing when you leave your home or your station or whatever, with uh, armed with a weapon, that those liabilities are always part of the mix in today's litigious society. But it's all about doing the right thing and serving with sacrifice. My friends, if we don't serve without a sacrificial spirit, who are we really serving? Back in five minutes on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. By the way, that iHeart app, I use it all the time. In fact, I used it this morning. Uh, my Wednesdays are uh, heavy ministry days, uh, almost from uh, the time I wake up until about uh, 1, 1.30. Um, a lot of ministry things that uh, I, I must do and, and be part of. And on my way there and on my way back as I'm coming to uh, 
uh, our clandestine studio after much of that. Uh, if I have to stop, like I did, I had to stop by a, uh, a store on the way to the studio here. I have my iHeart app going on in my ear. I, I love, this is not a plug, for, I don't get any money from Plantronics, but it's just, it happens to be an, an earpiece that I've just found after going through a, a whole boatload of them that seems to work well. Anyway, so I have my earpiece on, my Bluetooth active, and as I'm meandering uh, through uh, Israelis this time looking for the uh, the thing that uh, my beloved wife asked me to pick up on the way home. It took me a little while, but I was able to listen to, uh, to uh, KFIB. And so I encourage you to do that. If, if you like to listen to the station and if you're on the road and uh, are not in our area, the iHeart app works great. Love it, and I use it all the time. All right, we've been talking uh, about uh, the tragic Highland Park shooting. I'm wondering if the the father there uh, might be charged eventually, helping his his uh, wayward son get a license uh, for a gun, at least back in 2019. A couple of notes here. Uh, this assault that happened on July 4th happened less than three years after police went to his home following a call from a family member who said that he, our suspect here, was threatening to kill everyone. And when the police responded, again, this was uh, three years ago, they confiscated 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword. But there was no sign that there were any guns. That was in September of 2019. They also, in April of 2019, responded to a uh, suicide attempt by the suspect. Well, so within this past year, our suspect legally purchased the rifle that he used in the attack. In fact, uh, police said he purchased five firearms this past year, which were recovered by officers at his father's home. Illinois State Police, they're the uh, agency there. That is the agency that issues gun owners' uh, licenses. And they said the gunman applied for a license in December 2019 when he was 19. His father sponsored the application. That is after these other events had occurred. uh, So what does it say to you about the hue and cry over these red flag laws? Sure didn't work in Illinois, which has some of the strictest gun laws around the nation. Did the red flag laws work there? Good night. The police had been to his house because he was threatening to kill everyone there three years ago. They confiscated 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword. Let's say nothing else happened. In September 19 of that, would you wish you him a permit to have a gun in December 19? Do you think his father, who co-signed that permit, ought to be charged with something? Is he complicit in what happened this past weekend? Do you think the father should be charged? 209-551-3483, our number, 209 209- Five five one three four eight three. Again, his father sponsored the application after these other events had had happened. 
So the police are saying, while at the time that they responded to the home, quote, there was insufficient basis to establish a clear and present danger to deny the application, so said the, uh, the state police. Well, there you go, my friends. There's your red flag law. You see that panacea to everything, the red flag law, that's going to fix everything. Nope. Didn't help those seven dead people on Sunday, did it? And then you'd hear about this, this suspect you probably heard that he initially evaded capture by dressing as a woman. Have you seen those pictures? Yeah, he blended into the fleeing crowd. Uh, uh, crowd. Obviously, this guy had uh, planned this very strategically. He had a getaway plan. He had an exit plan, dressing up as a woman, even. Now, his father, by the way, he was not unknown to the community. Apparently, he's owned a deli there in Highland Park, Illinois, and ran for mayor in 2019. And then he helped his son get a license for a gun after suicidal issues, after police coming because a family member said he was threatening to kill everyone, after the police confiscating three years ago 16 knives, a dagger, and a sword. Why in the world... Why in the world would you sponsor your son to have a gun? Would you do that? Would you do that? So what do you think? Should the father be charged with something? 209-551-3483. Our number 209-551-3483. And of course, there will be a lot of lawyering Uh, Going on here, obviously, I think the father is worried about it. Already has an attorney. That didn't take long. And uh, apparently he also, this uh, suspect, had an animated video, apparently that was up on YouTube, no longer there. But the suspect raps about armies, quote, walking in darkness. And there's a drawing of a man pointing a rifle Uh, a body on the ground, and another figure with hands up in the distance. Well, we'll see. uh, We'll see what happens. But I, I, I think, I think what's at, at issue here that we need to keep in mind and we need to have long memories about this is the red flag law didn't help the six, seven dead people, did they? Now, can you imagine be, that being your son? You say, well, it wouldn't be my son. I know, I know, I know, I got it. But I'm just saying, let's, let's just think of it. I'm thinking of my son. Highly responsible. I'd trust my son or my daughter with my life. They're in their mid to late 20s, and my wife and I couldn't be more proud of them as parents. And uh, to many in many degrees, their spiritual maturity is astounds us. But anyway, let's just say, let me just pose the question. Let's say that we're that father. You're the father. I'm the father. And our son commits a horrendous mass murder like that. Would you, uh, would you buy your son a permit? Or, if your son's on the run, 
would you let the police know where he is, turn him in? That there's some tough decisions there, aren't there? Our number here, 209-551-3483. And by the way, I can't imagine what his parents are, and I can't imagine because I haven't been through it. Can't imagine what his parents are going through. Obviously, they they have an attorney, and my suspicions are that everything from this point on is going to be filtered through the attorney. And that's wise. I don't blame them for that. I'm not criticizing them for that. I think it's uh, something they probably they probably need to do. But as we've pointed out earlier, if uh, if you go back, what what was it a, a year ago? In Michigan, Oxford High School, Detroit, just outside Detroit, that suspect's parents were charged with involuntary manslaughter. I'm, uh, I'm thinking that these parents do need to be charged. But the son's an adult, Mike. He's on his own. Well, yes, I, I agree with that. But the underlying issue is his family has watched him for many years now being highly dysfunctional, threatening to kill them, threatening to kill other people, threatening to kill himself. Could the family have prevented him doing what he did on July 4th? Probably not. But this issue of the father sponsoring his son for a gun permit I think there ought to be charges filed. What do you think? Again, our number here, 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to The Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show here on this Wednesday afternoon in California's Central Valley here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A bit ago, we were talking about Governor Gavin Newsom being uh, vacationing apparently in Montana, one of the 20-plus states that uh, state employees are forbidden to uh to go into for state business with uh, just a few exceptions uh kelly uh sends this message in uh this is about i believe gavin newsom is uh is is preparing to run thinking about running for president in 2024 i think he's, he's not dumb right he's very shrewd and uh his campaign people i think are uh, equally shrewd and they're looking at uh, President Joe Biden, his approval ratings. They're looking at Vice President Kamala Harris, her approval ratings. And I think Governor Gavin Newsom is saying, hmm, that's the job for me. Uh, and so Kelly writes in, how can Governor Gavin Newsom govern the United States if he doesn't even like many of the states that he won't allow his, appoint- his employees to visit? Great comment, Kelly. Thank you for that. Yeah, so a good point. So if Gavin uh, Newsom wants to run for president of the United States, well, how's he going to do that if he doesn't even like 20-plus of them and, and won't even allow his state employees to visit them? That's a great observation. Uh, I like that. Thank you, Kelly. That's uh, good obs, as we used to say uh, on patrol. 
All right. Uh, another uh, headline wanted to, uh, to talk about, and that is uh, a, a news item that's come up about the former president of Team USA Softball. Uh, he's accused of sex crimes with a child here in California. This is uh, the Sacramento County Sheriff's Office announced that uh, John Govea faces eight felony charges. He worked for Team USA Softball from 91 to 2019. They say uh, the victim is not associated with USA Softball. Uh, apparently, he's scheduled to appear in court next month after being arrested, then released on bond in April. I have an observation, a couple of observations about this, and that is we're reaping what we sow. We're reaping what we sow. Well, what can you possibly mean by that, Mike? We're talking about a, a minor that uh, was sexually abused, apparently, by this adult. Well, what are we doing right now in many elementary schools across the country? What are we doing? What are we allowing? We are allowing the sexualization of little children way before they should even be thinking about sex. We are sexualizing children way before God intended them for to be thinking about sex. In our libraries, we have all of these trans people strutting their stuff and advocating being trans for the little kids coming to the library. We have Disney addressing this issue with kids that are going to be watching. So we're reaping what we show, what we, what we sow, aren't we? You, you can't have these, these two, two competing values. On the one hand, oh, man, this coach, he, he, ought, to be, he ought to be prosecuted to the nth degree because of what he did, sex crimes with a child, and yet, we think it's just fine as a culture for teachers to explain to little children, I don't know what, first grade, second grade, early, how to pleasure themselves. You can't have both, my friends, as a culture. And like I said, I believe we're reaping what we sow. The permissiveness that we are now permitting to be taught to our children in our schools, we are now seeing the manifestation of the stupidity of that process. What do we think is going to be the eventual outcome? The eventual outcome of over-sexualizing children, which in my opinion is child abuse in the first place, is that we are going to have a culture filled with people who have no boundaries. People who believe that it's just fine to satisfy their own narcissistic desires because the woke culture has taught them that from the very beginning. I'm not surprised by this. 
well, Mike, he needs to be prosecuted. Really? Well, if, if we're abiding by the rule of law, if we're applying the law equally, then if under the law we're allowed teachers to over-sexualize young children and teach them sexual things in elementary school, if we're going to allow that, if we're going to allow that kind of child abuse, why don't we allow this other kind of child abuse? Can you can you rationalize that for me? Got two minutes left. 209-551-3483. Can anyone can anyone make a case for that dual standard? So what should happen? Well, I believe that we need as a culture to straighten up and fly right. And we need to quit abusing our elementary school children at the hands of those teachers who do so, at the hands of the administrators who allow them to do so, at the hands of the school boards who permit them and defend them for doing so, and especially for the superintendents of schools that permit it. They need to be, in my opinion, prosecuted for child abuse. Just as this guy, John Govea, needs to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But we cannot have it both ways, my friends. That's hypocrisy. If we think it's okay to abuse these young children mentally and spiritually to tell them things they ought not to be told without their parents knowing about it? If we support that, we have no business casting a stone at John Govea for having sex with a child. Because that's we're, we're teaching that that permissiveness is okay. God help us. November 2022, November 2024, my friends, Cast your votes wisely. The future of California and the future of our nation, I believe, are at stake. And we have the responsibility to protect our children and generations of the future. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. Always enjoy my time with you, 3 to 5 p.m., Monday through Friday, here on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We'll see you tomorrow.